0: Greetings guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to Botany After Dark. My name is Kate, and I will be your host for this journey. Today, we venture into the wonderfully weird world of morning glories. listeners outside the US, I am speaking of the plant. I know from my time in England that the term morning glory is also a colloquialism for a morning erection, and while the plants open in the morning, as do most plants, it's not quite the same thing. To clarify, I will be using that term throughout this episode, as it is the term I most know the plant by. There are about 1,600 unique species under the Morning Glory umbrella from 59 distinct genera, though the term most frequently is used to refer to the around 1,000 flowering species in the Apomia genus. These include, but are not limited to, Morning Glory, Water Convulbus, or kangkong, Kong, Sweet Potato, bindweed, and moonflower, and yes, at least some of these will be revisited in later episodes. The genus is found throughout both tropical and subtropical climates, and is mostly populated by twining, climbing plants with a vine-type growth pattern that can be either annual or perennial depending on the species and environment. For today, I will preface this with a caution to not ingest strange plants, lest you are sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have identified it correctly. I know I will repeat that in other episodes, but it is certainly relevant here. As with any group, especially one so vast, there are representatives from many ecosystems and biomes present within the Convolvaceae family of which the Morning Glory is a member. While many have potentially ingestible components, for the purposes of this episode, we will be talking about the toxic ones, their properties, how to recognize them, and their side effects. I strongly recommend not testing this for yourself. You have been warned. According to many reports, the trumpet-shaped flowers, stalks, heart-shaped leaves, and roots are often edible. Even the seeds sometimes are consumable in small quantities, though for most it is highly recommended to cook the plant material before consuming. Again, this depends highly on the species in question, and while the benign species are fascinating as well. That is not what we are here to discuss. Today we focus specifically on the morning glory, or rather the mature seeds of the morning glory. Immature seeds are sometimes reported to have mild psychoactive effects. Mature seeds, however, are an altogether different topic. While there are others that might display similar entheogenic effects, indicating that they are or have been used in spiritual, religious, or otherwise ritual capacity, two distinct species stand out. These are the Mexican Morning Glory, Tiltzen Apomia tricolor, a vibrant blue, and the Beech Moonflower, Apomia violacea, a stunning white. Also of note is the Heavenly Blue Morning Glory, which appears to be a genetic hybrid cultivar of the two and is rather similar in appearance to the Mexican species. It is also this variant that is most widely referred to when discussing psychoactive properties of the plant's seeds, though from the standpoint of chemical analysis, most compounds present seem to have marginal differences, at least between these three. We will come back to that in a moment. This is further supported by the historical ethnobotanical associations of the two main species, as both have been used in Aztec and Zapotec shamanic practice and divination. The Aztecs also sometimes used the plant's inherent properties as a poison, making someone go on a so-called horror trip, known more colloquially as a bad trip. This would denote often terrifying hallucinations and sometimes extreme nausea. Such attributes are most often seen with substances like hallucinogenic mushrooms and LSD. According to research analysis, they contain lysergamides, or lysergic acid compounds, which are precursors to the array of ergoline alkaloids found in ergot fungus. And Mexican Apomia tricolor morning glories. While well, general garden variety morning glories, i.e., Apomia purpia or the purple morning glory, generally found at garden centers, contain particular compounds including ergyne or LSA, isoergyne, delosurgic acid, N alpha hydroxethyl amide, and glucergol and it was long thought that these were the main cause of hallucinogenic effects. Studies have instead concluded that while these compounds are psychoactive, they are not notable hallucinogens. Instead, in their 1997 book, *Tikal*, the continuation in which the acronym means Tryptamines I Have Known and Loved, Alexander and Anne Chaglin suggest that Ergonavine, or ergometrine, as it's sometimes called, is instead responsible. Alexander is credited with introducing MDMA, or ecstasy, to psychologists for psychopharmaceutical use in the late 1970s. Though ergot and ergot derivatives have been used medicinally for centuries, this compound was first isolated and obtained by the chemists C. Moore and H.W. Dudley in 1935. Side effects largely seem to depend on the person consuming the substance. However, nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting are commonly reported. Additionally possible are abdominal pain, headache, dizziness, chest pain, heart palpitations, bradycardia, cardiac arrhythmia, rashes, and shock. Prolonged exposure can also induce not only expected hallucinations, but dementia. Ergonovine is also contraindicated in pregnancy, meaning that it is highly not advised to be used while an individual is pregnant, and is a potential abortificant, though it has been used to tremendous success to treat Heavy bleeding post childbirth. Also of note, I would caution against obtaining commercially available seeds to test this for yourself. Not only would you contend with the plant's inherent side effects, but the seeds are commonly treated with methylmercury. This is both a preservative and a cumulative neurotoxin added to decrease potential for recreational use. Likewise, there is no legal requirement in the United States to disclose such a coating, nor is it able to be washed away. It is a heavy metal that is toxic and causes both severe nausea and abdominal pain. In conclusion, while the many species of morning glory are beautiful, they also hold potential dangers, just as many other wild things do. If you have not been trained in proper usage and dosing, do not self-medicate by trying this yourself at home. Even then, it is often safe and natural compounds that cause the most problems because people become lax with safety. I should not have to say that natural does not mean non-toxic. Likewise. Though there are historical precedents for using apomia seeds to treat particular conditions, including as a mortificance and treatment for postpartum bleeding, for our purposes, this is entirely academic and not recommended. To quote a popular Canadian PSA, if you don't know what it is, don't put it in your mouth. Truly words to live by. If you look in the episode description, there are links to my blog and YouTube channel where I talk more about plants, as well as my Patreon and relevant social media links. Also if you would like to start your own podcast, I'd recommend Pinecast. It is the platform I'm using, and while I've only been posting for a short time, creator support has been comprehensive and swift, and the interface is easy to navigate. Though the service is free, that version only allots for the upload and posting of 10 episodes at a time. If you do decide to upgrade, you can use coupon code R-A19FE9 for a 40% off for 4 months and support Botany After Dark. To all my listeners at home, work, or somewhere in between, thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week about tomatoes. Should be an interesting show. Have a good one. This is Kate, signing off.